Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Wicked Curious Radio. I am your mystery maven, Roxy Zwicker, from New England Curiosities, here with you today, where they show uh, everything strange and unusual, spooky and haunted, and we're actually going to be talking about curses today. Nice. We have a We have a story about a um, shipwreck in Boston. It was written about years ago by Edward Rose Snow, and it actually has some new updates to it. There was a recent article in the Boston Globe about a cursed figurehead. Oh, so, I was going to say, was the ship cursed? No, the figurehead. Just, just the figurehead, but it caused a lot of mayhem and a lot of stress to wherever that figurehead went. Ooh. So we're going to cover that story a little bit later on <laughs> today's show. Um, and also it is Thanksgiving week, which means... This coming weekend, the holiday trolley tours begin. <laughs> just just what everybody was saying to me, oh, you seem so relaxed yeah. and chill. And yeah, well. Got your energy back. Yeah, well, we'll <laughs> check in with me in another week or so. We'll see where we're at. Although I do love the holiday trolley tours. They're really super fun. Um, and I was thinking about, uh, God, it was four or five years ago. I had mentioned um, we had done uh, Plymouth Plantation for Thanksgiving. It was really a lot right, of fun. Yeah. And um, we ended up going down to the Cape uh, the next few days and just kind of made an extended vacation of it. And we went to the Edward Gorey House. And that is one of the places that is always on my road trip list. And um, I am formatting some sort of outline for a uh, Haunted Road Trips of New England book. So uh, this is definitely going to be on my list. And um, so you know who Edward Gorey is. No, I don't. He, I don't believe I do. are, are. Are we starting a show with, 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 a, uh, with a Lou doesn't know? That's why right, we're all right. here. We're all here to learn from you. <laughs> right so I'm learning. Of, right out of the gate. So um, so you know the uh, the opening to uh, Mystery on PBS? Yes. Okay, so that's Edward Gorey. So oh, he did okay. the illustrations for that. So he's a very, uh, you know, dark, macabre, strange artist. He had the uh, this, the the great book, The Gashley Crumb Tinies, and um, it was a way to learn the alphabet through the death of a child. Oh, nice. So each child died rather macabrely, and uh, each one had a specific name which went with the letter of the alphabet. Sure. And, of course, that went with how they died. So, you know, died in a lake, eaten by a bear. Died from Inui, you know. Just I don't, I just uh, don't care anymore. Yeah. So all, all sorts of really cool stuff. So I, um, I have to ask. We're early in this, but I have to ask. Yeah. Is, is his, his name attached to the term Gory in any way, or is it just? I think the it's, universe being. I think it's just the universe yeah. being being very funny. Okay. Um, and sometimes, because sometimes somebody starts something and an attribute gets named after that is true yeah that is true and and it would absolutely fit you yeah. know because they now use the term gory-esque because he was such a, a big yeah. influence on other authors and illustrators um but yeah he uh he had a very odd way of looking at things and sometimes he didn't even bother to explain it he would just be really weird about it <laughs> uh so you can go down and visit his house and that was one of the things we did um on thanksgiving week again it was about five years ago and it is one of the coolest, strangest places that you can go and visit. So he um, shaped his environment to reflect his thinking process. Pro probably more than you can even understand when you get there, because when he passed away, um, he was a hoarder. Oh, so the house right. was entirely like full, like you could barely walk through the house. Yep. And it took several years for everybody to sift through everything that he had left behind and determine what needed to be thrown away, what needs to be put on display. And they have so, so much stuff um, for years and years and years that they can put on display. But he also had some things that I was very intrigued by when we went there. Um, he had a huge collection of antique tarot cards. Mm -hmm. And he's very much into, you know, the strange and the esoteric. He had a, a human skull there that had this amazing story. There was a couple of gravestones there from probably the 1700s, which I wondered where they belonged. <laughs> yeah. Why they were they're actually on the kitchen table. Oh wow! In the in the house, yeah. which I thought was really rather weird. Um, he definitely had a flair for for the very strange, um, clearly in the macabre. So when we went around the house, they had only I, I couldn't imagine this being in another museum that you would go on a scavenger hunt mm -hmm. for the dead oh. children. Oh God, really? Yeah. So the the dead children would be hiding all over the house. Yeah. And you you had a little checklist, the whole alphabet. 
and you know one of them died under a rug so there are these little feet sticking out from underneath oh, the so rug so it was the children from the alphabet book. so it was the children from the alphabet book so yeah. so how they died in the story is how it was displayed in the house so you'd find them in all these weird nooks and crannies of the house, and it's a—I mean, it's a scavenger hunt for these dead kids in his book, which is like it's like a legendary book. Yep. So, um, and when you uh, do the whole the whole checkoff list and you bring it up to the front, you actually get a little prize for completing the the scavenger hunt, which was pretty interesting. I think it was like a sticker or something. So did he put these? things to find in no after after he passed away Mm -hmm. uh they they decided to open his house as a museum and uh they just decided that that was one of the interactive ways for people to enjoy the house Mm -hmm. is to go around and find them find the gashley crumb tinies one of the um surprises for us when we viewed the house is we went outside and in the back garden there was a little assemblance of gravestones there, and they were mock gravestones for each of the Gashley Crumb Tiny kids. <laughs> oh, nice. So they were, yeah. they were all um, one, you know, one choked on a peach. I mean, it was just hysterical. So um, it was, you know, it, it was just this really you had to you had to definitely have that sense of humor to understand it. But he was he was huge back in his day um, for the work that he had done. Um, he was known all, all around the world for his etchings and his illustrations. Very, mm-hmm. very well respected, but definitely very odd. Um, you know, he lived alone with a collection of cats and he wore this giant fur coat and he was a, a very um a very tall man with a huge presence yep. so they had some of his clothing on display there and it was like god i want to say it was like a raccoon fur coat something just really outlandish mm. and um that's you know that was who he was he would stride around town and um in his in his car with his with his name on his license plate and all these weird things so um so he was into marketing. <laughs> he was, he was, he was an early marketer. He was definitely into, into marketing. And, of course, um, when you go to visit the house, besides looking at all of you know the, the curious things and the illustrations, they have a, a great little gift shop, and they now have recently opened a Goriosity shop, yep. which is artworks that are inspired by some of his work, which are also um, very strange and very macabre. And, um, by the way, this is... Um, um, located in Yarmouth Port. It's it's the cutest little house. I mean, it's absolutely adorable little house. But when you go inside, it is absolutely weird. And it it wouldn't surprise me. I didn't ask. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't haunted. I I was gonna ask, but yeah. I I felt I actually felt kind of weird <laughs> about um, about asking. But the house itself is 200 years old. And it's it's located on this cute little common. It belonged by um, to a sea captain back in its day, and um, it's just it's weird. It's odd. It's quirky. Um, and it's it's I don't know. It's some place that you could just spend the entire day and try to get inside the mind of this guy. And and probably not. Oh, <laughs> there he is. Um, and there's a house. Isn't it the cutest little house? Yeah. Um, it's just it's the coolest place ever. And um, again, it's open most of the year. So, if you know, if you're down on the Cape or around the Cape um, for Thanksgiving, they were open uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving. And there was just um, so much to see and explore. And of course, that whole area. Old King's Highway is um, is so beautiful, and there's so many great cemeteries that are there. Uh, but I I ended up we bought a whole bunch of his books when we were down there. Ken was really into it, and and was trying to understand the guy. And some of the stories, like I said, don't make a lot of sense. Um, however, uh, it's just it's the coolest. I don't know. I just love that macabre stuff. And I mean, who doesn't know the the opening? You know, to to Mystery Theater on PBS. Right. Um, he did a lot of illustrations um, for the Dracula program. In, uh, in New York for a lot of the theaters there. Uh, just, uh, just a very, very interesting, um, not really off the beaten path place, but you kind of have to know that it's there uh, to go visit the Edward Gorey house. Yeah, because it's not overt. You, right. could, you could drive by it and not oh, even know what the heck was going on. Oh, absolutely. And because it's in, it's in the middle of a little neighborhood, so you, you wouldn't really notice that it was there. And it's, um, you could spend, I mean, we spent the in, entire day there and, you know, did the, the scavenger hunt and they changed the exhibits all the time. But I was just fascinated by his 
odd and quirky collection of things. Mm. Like I never would have expected him to to have some of that stuff that was in there. Well, he was a hoarder. <laughs> well, no, too, too, clear, clearly, I'm sure. And I'm sure if you went to my house too, you would you would you would think that <laughs> that that I was a hoarder too. No, I, I agree, Rose. It's not it's not weird. I totally agree. Um, just very different. Uh, I know there are a lot of people that I've talked to about Edward Gorey that just do, don't get him, and I totally I totally get his just dark sense of humor, and well, I think that's just amazing. And you have to wonder, not that it detracts one way or the other, but right. you have to wonder how much of it, it was him, how much of it was the character, how much it was, you know. Right. I get, I get the impression you feel a lot of it's just, just who he was. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And and he wasn't the type of person to to care that he, you know, that he had that very striking appearance and that he was, you know, just just very uniquely him. And the legacy of what he had left behind is is so worthy of a visit, and it's it's one that I'm going to um, be putting in my book, and I probably want to go and visit again, again because it's been just a, a few years since we've been down there. But Edward Gorey, and there's a um, on YouTube, there's a great uh, video that someone had put together a few years ago of the Gashley Crumb Tinies, and they animated it and tell the story, and it's oh. just fabulous. I mean, okay. look. Come on, there's there's the stove with the cooking pot with a skull in it. Nice. And much of what he had in the house was all real and authentic. Like the skulls he had were, you know, from from colleges and also odd things that he had collected. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just very odd things that he had. I mean, what museum are you going to go in and, and see a skull on, on a cooktop there? It's just, it's brilliant. Well, he's self-accepted, which is, mm-hmm. so he probably lived in relative amount of peace. I'm sure. Yeah. Lou's like, that's kind of appealing. It is kind of appealing. <laughs> Self-accept, damn it. It's okay. I am who I am. I am who I am. No excuses. Yeah. So if you have um, nothing to do and you don't want to do the Black Friday deal, you should go and check out the Edward Corey house. It's such a fascinating place. And if you don't know the story of the Gashley Crumb Tinies, you should look that up. It's um, it's just fantastic. It's again, it's it's dark. It's probably not for everybody, but you know, take it take it for what it's worth. Um, he was he was very very much looked up to by the artistic community and left quite the legacy of of stories and artwork behind him. Um, he passed into that year two thousand, so he's been mm-hmm. away for. A while and of course uh, again like I said I wonder if he's he's at this amazing house if he still <laughs> wanders the hallways and talks to his cats is he uh, is the estate running it or the estate the, city or? the, the estate yeah. is running it um, he I mean he didn't have uh, children he never married so he he left it in such a state that he was able to keep perpetuating it and um, it's just it, he's just got such a, an interesting uh, life story and just a, a strange, you know, a strange way of looking at things, which I, I just love. So um, you, you owe it to yourself to, to take a visit. Um, again, they're open all year round. He also was big into uh, animal welfare, left a lot of money for yeah. helping out animals. Nice. And yeah, it's uh, it's definitely if you're looking for the off the beaten path thing to do, <laughs> um, you, you owe it to yourself. Yes, he was a very curious man. Indeed, I wish I had uh, the opportunity to have met him. Um, when I lived on the Cape for a short period of time um, back in the 90s, I I probably drove by his house a million times, never really even paid it any mind, although I knew the story of Gashley Crumtinies. I didn't know he had uh, summered down there. Yeah. So very, very cool. You want to go check it out? The Edward Corey House. So let us get back to another cool person that has always been an influence on a lot of my stories and it's uh, Edward Rose Snow. Edward Rose Snow has written so many amazing books. Of course, he's since passed on to the other side too, although I often wonder if if he's around at any of his old haunts. And this story was actually just updated in the Boston Globe Mm -hmm. um, just this past week. And it's about a figurehead. And it's funny, in Portsmouth over on Bow Street, they just put a huge figurehead of a woman um, out in front of Martingale Wharf. So if you don't know what a figurehead is, it's, it's it's usually a woman, although it can be a sea creature, at the end of a ship. And it, of course, was... The, ma- at the at the Thank you. I was trying to get to that word. The and end I, is the other. The other end. Thank, the stern. Thanks, Lou. Thank, you, thank yeah. you, Lou. Yep. Thanks. Sometimes it's great to have you around. I just, <laughs> it's, it's very helpful. I just helpful. wanted to be the guy to do it. <laughs> thank you. 
rather than you walking the streets for the next two weeks. It's a bow. It's a bow. Thank you. Um, So it was also thought to be something that would be protective, of course, for the crew that was on the ship, because sea captains and mariners, very superstitious by nature. And I think there's a lot of... It's an amulet or a good luck piece, right? Absolutely. Meant to be. Meant to be. Yeah. And and much like, you know, the tradition of the knocking of the witches, where they'd go in the ship and knock out, you know, any bad sense that was there. There are so many traditions when a ship had set sail. And this one, while all the ships that this figurehead has been on... They've all met some tragic end, but the figurehead remains unscathed. So it's it's still out there. So there's no Carmax for figureheads at this point. <laughs> not, they they not don't that, know that this has taken of. down a half a dozen ships in, in ghastly ways. Well, well, I mean they have kept track of it. Oh, so yeah. they have kept track so of it. So people knew. So people people have known, and um, even without being on a ship, it's caused a lot of issues as well. In fact, so many that it's no longer on display anymore. Wow. So, um, so we'll uh, we'll go back down the road. It's only down in um, Dedham, Massachusetts. So that's really not too far from here. And I'll uh, bring you up to speed here. So the the name of the ill-fated ship that we're interested in for the premise of the story is the Maritana, and it was on a long journey from Liverpool, England. It had a cargo of coal, wool, potash, iron, and steel, and more than two dozen passengers and crew. And this was believed to be one of the most traumatic shipwrecks. For the way this ship had wrecked, it was really unheard of, and the trauma that the crew experienced was also said to be quite horrifying. (laughs) And it was well past midnight on November 3rd, 1861, with Captain Williams in command. The weather was thick and the tide was high as they entered, of course, the beautiful Boston Harbor. The ship had been navigating a disastrous southeasterly gale, and from on board, a man on the lookout caught the glimpse of Boston Harbor light through the storm. Which, of course, to sea captains, was a sign of welcome and a journey's end. However, as soon as the light came into view, so did something else, and the waves on the nearby rocks. All hands were on deck. Orders came from the captain to tack ship, but before the vessel could change course, it crashed into the jagged rocks just one mile from the lighthouse. Hmm. For hours, the Maritana was pummeled by the unforgiving sea. The waves churned up by the storm were relentless, and the crew could no longer endure what was happening. And a gap opened up in the ship, and it split in half. Mm. And it was called, actually at the time, one of the region's most violent shipwrecks. claimed all 13 passengers and all 11 members of the crew. And, of course, this beautiful figurehead while the ship went down entirely the figurehead was found just a couple of days later in perfect condition hmm Hmm. (laughs) quite curious yeah so um the ship itself was 991 tons. It was built in Quincy and owned by a team in Providence. And the, the, the beautiful figurehead itself was built in 1857, a very intricate carving of a woman. And somehow, known for her beauty, she had a checkered past. It had been first salvaged from a commandeered French warship and then later a ship that was built in Maine that wrecked off New England. So she's got two ships under her belt already. Yep. <laughs> and then, of course, she ended up on um, the ship coming back from, from Liverpool. So if you can imagine kind of the the surprise of this where the the ship's breaking in half it's considered to be such a horrifying disaster and unscathed and of course i i can only imagine you know this this wooden woman's head floating ashore out there. <laughs> oh that's pretty <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that the ship that just wrecked yeah um It was believed that the captain himself um, had died on the ship from a falling beam. And, again, very graphic way for everybody to go down with the ship. So unscathed and believed to be cursed, it passed from owner to owner, and nobody wanted her on board. And, of course, the, uh, the, the whole notion was to put it in a museum, and it was 
eventually placed in a shop down in Boston, and the shop on Lincoln's Wharf, not too long after the figurehead was put on display, caught on fire and burned. (laughs) Then it was gifted a few years later to the Bostonian Society, and they put it on display inside the galleries of the old state house, and that also caught fire and survived. Wow. However, um, it is uh, no longer on display, but it remains in the collections. And, of course, how can we find the remnants of this story? And, actually, you can go to the cemetery in Dedham, and it's carved on the gravestone itself. So there's a big carving of the ship, and you can see the woman's face carved onto the gravestone itself, which is pretty cool. Um, And it actually has the rope around the gravestone, so it's like it actually looks like one of the posts from the ships that was there. Oh, interesting. Um, And it's it's very, very um, it's very, very detailed, you know, with again, you can see the anchor and um, the the female figurehead that's on there. Uh, And it tells the whole story of the ship again from 1861, and I don't know that's uh she's just on there kind of ominously staring I'm sorry if i missed it but did the artist carve her after someone or is just carved a figurehead just carved a figurehead yeah. of this mysterious woman yeah. unless you unless you feel you recognize her no if you've looked her up no i i haven't found a picture of it so oh um i will i will have to uh i'll send you how do you spell the ship's name it's the uh maritana m-a-r-i-t-a-n-a And she is, she's two large piercing eyes and dark haired glass quaffed on her head and beautiful red dress just staring off into the distance. Interesting. I got a picture of the tombstone, I think. Okay. We'll we'll take that. that I think without checking it. (laughs) Well, and it's, it's, it's fascinating too that the gravestone is in Dedham, Massachusetts which is a, a bit far away from, of yeah, course. Yeah, how does that come about? Good question. Yeah. It just seems like, I, why would this figurehead this figurehead be cursed? I mean, well, unless the artist did it after a woman who deserves to be. <laughs> I don't know. You never know. Well, she, she had two wrecks, basically, under her belt before she, she caught on the Maritana. So yeah. third time's the charm, I guess. They finally learned that they, you definitely did not want to have her on board. And, of course, you know, the, the I, I'm sure, you know, again, with the, the superstitious nature of folks that they had believed that, you know, and anything strange that is unexplainable on the sea, you know, had to be a curse. And, of course, we're back in, in the 19th century. Right. So 16 miles away from where it went down is where the the marker is today. And, of course, the, the poor captain was only 47 years old. Oh, wait a second. I found an image, I think. Working behind the scenes here. Working behind the scenes. I think I found an image of it restored, is it? Or a replica of it, maybe? It sounds like the person you described. Let me just get back here. It could be. Rose says, I am careful in my estate purchases because I believe they stay around with their things, either good vibes or horrible vibes. No, that's not strange at all. <laughs> not at all. I'm always careful, too. Um, I'm always collecting things from antique shops. And sometimes you just got to know the history or feel the vibe. Or Yeah, I was going to say, how do you how do you look at something and go, eh, it seems okay? You just feel it? Yeah, you just feel it. Yep, there she is. Yep. There she is. So is that the actual figurehead or yeah. replica of it? Wow. That, that's her. Good shape. Yeah, I know. N- none of the ships she was on were in good shape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's, she's a little spooky. She, she's not exactly smiling either. Yeah. I don't know. She's. She looks specific, too. Oh, she, she probably was. In other words, was. if you were going to carve a fictitious woman, I don't know if you'd carve that. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? I do. I do. <laughs> I do. It sounds like the artist had a model or something. Yeah, there's you know there's probably a a level of this story that we'll never know oh, as sure. to as to who she she really was. 
but it's um it's it's great because I love that you have the the cursed artifact. I love that you have the gravestone, and it has it has you know quite the history to it as well. And I love anything Edward Rose Snow. He was just someone that I completely look up to with his traveling museum of oddities and how he would take you know any any story that he found to to the, the deepest level that he could. Um, I I had told you about uh, the gentleman who allegedly had buried his his heart on Nantucket. Yes. So that that's an Edward Rose Snow story. Oh, you know that he he managed to see if truly the man's heart was on Nantucket and his body was in Ohio and somehow he charmed the the cemetery association back in the 50s to dig up the grave and <laughs> they actually did find the heart that he actually truly did bury his heart. I mean, that you know, that's the that's the type of, you know, research that I love. That yeah. Someone's just going to, you know, take it to the nth degree. Well, look at what we've done here. It just leads it to it leads you to more questions. It's a it breadcrumb does. trail. It is. You just want to know. I do. Right? Yep. Who is Not that enough. mysterious woman? Yeah, who is that woman? What is the story? Mm. Well, the, the story is I probably wouldn't want to put her on my ship. No. <laughs> that's that's my story. I'm having <laughs> a little trouble putting her on the show actually. <laughs> <laughs> kind of worried about that a little bit. Oh no, the room's the room's gonna go up in flames. <laughs> so, um, if you want to, uh, again, go check that out. That's the old village cemetery in Dedham, and you can see just the very dramatic carving of the ship, and you can see the the figurehead on there, and decide for yourself: is this really a a haunted and cursed artifact, yeah. or or is there more to the story that we just don't know? There ought to be disclosure on figureheads. You think? I think so. So who? So they should come with like a bio. Well, this yes. is who it is. If if the figurehead has a history like this one does. <laughs> By the way, remember the Titanic? Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> this was the steering wheel. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think so. The figurehead of Rose. I'll pass. Thank you. <laughs> not a good sign not a good sign <laughs> so um what we'll do is we're, we're going to take a break and um, we'll come back in just a minute with more spooky tales so you are listening to wicked curious don't go away For the best and curious entertainment, you have to check out New England Curiosities, located in the historic city of Portsmouth, New Hampshire. New England Curiosities offers tales and tours of folklore, ghosts, and mysterious history with author and historian Roxy Zwicker, New Hampshire's longest-running and original ghost tour. Roxy has been entertaining the locals, visitors from away, and curious souls since 1994. New England Curiosities has been offering tours and special haunted events since 2002, highly respected and thoroughly entertaining. You'll be talking about your experience for months to come. Discover why New England Curiosities is consistently on top of travel and tourism lists. Yankee Magazine calls the Shadows and Stones Graveyard Tour one of New England's top five cemetery tours. The Boston Globe says an experience with New England Curiosities is one of the three best alternatives to visiting Salem, Massachusetts. From scenic trolley rides to walking tours and speaking engagements, there's something for everyone. So join New England Curiosities and experience why they are consistently featured in the media, including television appearances on the History Channel and the Travel Channel. Check out the latest legendary tours and events from New England Curiosities at NewEnglandCuriosities.com. And be sure to like New England Curiosities on Facebook. Greetings to you, traveler. My name is Roxy Swicker, and you may have heard of me being referred to as Maine's Mystery Maven or even New England's Scary Godmother. Creativity and curiosity are in my blood, always has been and is a way of life. And I really want to share my creative projects with you. Just under 20 years ago, I began New England Curiosities, a tour and event company based in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And it's given me the opportunity to connect with so many people. And for the past 15 years, I've been serving the seacoast of New Hampshire as a metaphysical instructor and reader. Two of the things on my path that I've committed to are helping to empower spiritual seekers and to share stories from and with curious folks. I know that community is powerful and we can create so much together. One of my projects is Wicked Curious Radio, a radio show that asks, you are wicked curious, aren't you? 
and also The Woodland Alchemy, which is a film that brings its viewers to a place of imagination, the unknown, and the mysterious. If you would like to help keep these projects afloat and keep us moving forward, you can check us out on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash Wicker, you can find all of the magical things that we are doing. You can check out all the different levels of subscription and join us on our journey. So again, it's patreon.com slash Wicker, R-O-X-I-E-Z-W-I-C-K-E-R. And we thank you so much for joining our curious journey. Welcome back to Wicked Curious Radio. I am your mystery maven, Roxy Zwicker from New England Curiosities. You are finding us on Facebook Live and 102.9 FM HD2 NETalks.net and a whole bunch of other places. If you are listening to us on Buzzsprout or iTunes, you can just go ahead and click the subscribe button so you don't miss an exciting episode. You never know what we're going to be talking about. Right. Strange, cursed figureheads, eccentric people on the Cape. We're just spanning the globe. We're at least spanning New England. Um, but yeah, so it was, Lou was asking during the break. Yeah, it was just a few days yeah. after uh, they put the figurehead on display. Looking for pictures, sorry, I may have missed that. It was three days. Actually, yeah, three, three days, days they were put on display. Wow. Coincidence? No, I don't it, think so. Well, and then we have the, you know, the mysterious and magical number three at work there. By the way, it lit on fire and the figurehead survived? It survived every fire. Yeah. I mean, come on. What is what is what does that tell you? Yeah. When when everything else was was burning up and just the, the figurehead again, just such a you know I I think of that and just such the visual. You know, she's in the middle and the the, the ring of fire around yeah. her and you know everything else is burning down. You can be agnostic about this too. You don't have to believe. You can just say, nah, no, I'm not. I'm not messing with it. I'm messing with it. Not messing with it. Well, and and just picturing it, you know, the the ship went down and just again a few days later it washes ashore. Yep. And, you know, all these people died horribly. I mean, it's thought to be one of the most horrible, painful wrecks that ever happened. And here she comes floating along the shore there. Mm. So there, yep. there you go. There is a, um, there's a great picture. I'm going to post it um, on in our little chat room here mm-hmm. of if you want to see a ghostly figurehead, you have to check this one out here at Historic New England. Of course, it's in one of my favorite towns uh, in New England where I actually got married in Marblehead, Massachusetts. And this picture of um, a figurehead taken in 1920, it's in a garden of a beautiful mansion and it looks as ghostly as ghostly can be. It's in the collection of Historic New England. Now, if that is a nightmare fuel right there, I don't know what is. She looks, again, just absolutely ghostly. And you know she's got some story. And I, I wonder what happened to the ship that she was on. Beautifully carved, though. And I think that's one of the things to, to mention, you know, just as much as we talk about gravestones having beautiful carvings. Um, these figureheads were really pieces of art. And this one is, um, again, particularly spooky. Did you see it, Lou? I'm working on it. I'm, <laughs> Lou's working on it. Yeah. Um, it's, oh, yeah. Doesn't she look, I mean, particularly spooky there? She's just kind of she surrounded. She does, but in the most alluring way, which I guess is what <laughs> makes her so spooky, right? Yes, it yeah. is. You could just almost expect her to, to start walking. It's like, you know she's going to kill you, but, yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Like, uh, it's okay. What a way to go. It's cool. <laughs> Um, it's it's great and still just want to say hello there. <laughs> Maybe she'll tell you a story. Yeah, I'm sure she will. <laughs> It'll be part of her next story. Um, and and you have to wonder, you know, where where did it come from? Where did that ship go? What's you know what's the story behind that? It's just um, just very very intriguing. Uh, one of the places that we have gone um, fairly recently, and we just didn't have unfortunately enough time and if you want to talk 
haunted artifacts and strange artifacts and curious things was uh, when we went to Mystic, Connecticut a few years ago Mm -hmm. and went down to a beautiful museum down there. And we did a couple of the boat cruises and thought we had more time than we did. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to make our way through all the museum buildings, but they have a great collection of figureheads at the Mystic Seaport Museum. It's um, one of the largest collections in the country, and they have everything from, you know, uh, mythological creatures to, again, more of, you know, these beautiful, elegant women to sometimes even um, sea captains they'll have as a part of their collection there. And they're just amazing to think first of all again they're they're carved by hand and then the things that these figureheads have seen the places that they've gone you yeah know, it's it, it's something that if you can you know just barely imagine you know the history of what these things you know if items could talk what they would have to say it was just incredible i know i've just seen all these ports and you know yeah mm-hmm. when we were um wondering about looking at some of these one of the things that I was very intrigued by it. I, on, I only wish it wasn't behind glass because I really, really wanted to to touch it and get the vibe were the long bones. Um, and they were whale bones that were used in the corsets by women. And the whale bones would have been carved. So the sea captains had them carved with, like, the story of where they were at sea or how much they loved these women. And they would have them carved, and the women would use them as bones in their corsets. So they're actual whale bones what that were carved. What purpose did the bone serve in the corset? To to make the shape of the corset. So to make the waist. Oh. Of the corset. So, you, you know. Give you that good hip to waist. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that what... To cinch, cinch that waist. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So um, they oh, had. Oh, so that was the hard part that actually constricted. Right. The waist. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you of course, you would tie it and pull it tight. Mm-hmm. But the shape would be made now. You know, now they use they use metal. But the sea captains would actually fashion and, and have artisans make. Uh, these these whale bones and carve designs or stories or pictures into them. And they had um, quite a few that were there. They were absolutely amazing. Um, like I said, I really wish that I could have touched them because they were, you know, they were colored in and they had sentiments and stories yep. and names oh, and dates. Yeah. And they were just corset bones. That's all they were. They were just meant to be worn. But imagine, you know, you, you had that in your corset and you had like this whole yeah. little story that was in it's there. Great. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It was, it was really incredible. Just things that, um, oh, there she is. There she is. Things that you, you I'm just would. <laughs> what do you think her story is, Lou? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She's very mysterious. But what sailor wouldn't want that on the front of your boat? I don't know. Yeah. But well, all I have to wonder is what happened to the boat? Yeah. She's, she's still around, That's true. too. And the, and the boat is now Good gone. Point. Yeah. <laughs> is there a story or where did the, the boat go of natural causes? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was something that I had, I had never realized was a thing. That you would have. I mean, you know, and we've heard of, you know, scrimshaw and, and things like that, sure. that sea captains would bring How many back. of these around? Because that feels like a book to me. That feels like a coffee table book. What, of the of the corset bones? Because they're little stories and little, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they're, they're personalized, right? Absolutely. With with the name and the date and... Um, so halfway around the world, some sailor is sitting there at night. Mm-hmm. You know, with his pipe and a beard, because that's how I picture all sailors from the <laughs> 19th century. That's true. And he's carving up a... You know, whalebone mm-hmm. to send back to his woman to put in a corset. Isn't that romantic? It's, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. Lou's like, now I know what I'm going to do on that long winter break. No, it's this. It's, it's a fascinating story. <laughs> well, I mean, no longer whalebones, but it is. It's absolutely fascinating. I'm gonna. Um, I'm doing this on the fly here. I think I actually ha- I have in my phone a picture of one, um, but I'll, I'll try to bring that up while I'm while I'm chatting here. It it was uh, again you you look at you know these little bits of almost secret history, right? And yet this was this was commonplace back in the day. And you know how many of those? Oh, I just how how easy was that? That was too easy. Yeah, I have. Let's see. I have one that's metal, and I'll try it. Oh, they're gorgeous. Oh, and here's one with a portrait of the woman on it. <laughs> yeah, I will. Um, I'll try to send these right over to you, Lou, so you can have them. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Just just things you don't think of. This one actually has the ship on it. That's well, probably more talking than the uh, guy probably did to the woman his whole life. <laughs> 
carved it into a whalebone. <laughs> probably, probably. All right. So there, it's it's coming your way. All right. I'll I mean, they're here, but I'll wait for yours. They're they're absolutely stunning. I mean, there's I don't know. There's even dare I say there's something magical about the energy and artistry that's put into that. Um, yeah. And and that they they even survive. From uh, I think the oldest one was was 1700s that I had seen um, on display there at uh, Mystic Seaport. It was just incredible. So you never you never know what you're going to find. And um, they actually had, as I'm I'm looking right now, um, they actually did have one of the corsets on display. And little teeny tiny thing. These women were so tiny back in the day. <laughs> So that was um, a place where I've actually heard uh, from from people that have been out on our tours where um, they've wondered if some of the old houses at Mystic were actually haunted as well. And again, it was one of those situations where I had run out of time because they closed at 5, and I think we got there early afternoon and done the two boat cruises. We didn't have an opportunity to, to see everything. But I just I love those living history museums where you just wander about and you're back in time. You don't even realize, you know, that you're, you're in this modern day and age. Do they come over to you, Lou? I haven't got them yet. I, put, I just put one up. You'll see it in oh, a couple awesome. seconds. But I haven't got the ones you sent yet. That's okay. I'll take a, take a look at what you found there. The mysterious boned corset. <laughs> oh, yep, there you go. There's the, the house and the, the lass and the windmill and the, the sun. Yep, beautiful, beautiful. I mean, just uh, designs and carvings. I always, I always, you know, I'm always looking for a story, and, and in these you can just clearly see the story. And you know, there's the the sun setting. It's like he's he's gone off into the sunset, left the empty house behind. There she is, standing under the windmill. Oh, and look, there's a little person next to her too. It's probably a child. Think about it, though. I mean, these, this is what these guys were spending their nights on, mm -hmm. and their whale oil lamps on. Yep. You know, but it's just I don't know. It's just fascinating. And these these are hours worth of things. Oh yeah, you can you can clearly tell. You so know, this guy's out thinking of his girl back home. Mm hmm It's like God. Yeah, it's just there's still so much to to tell stories out there, and I, I don't know. I just I get nostalgic. I can't help it. <laughs> I get I get nostalgic, particularly for things that are just hand done from back in the day. You know, whether it's it's gravestones or figureheads or you know these these corset bones. I, why we don't do that anymore? I don't know. I have I have a couple of corsets at home, and they don't have any fancy bones. I gotta get Ken on that. <laughs> Ken in his infinite spare time needs to needs to to carve me a, a corset bone. So there you that, go. that way it'll it'll have my story. Maybe it'll have some gravestones on it. <laughs> It'll be great. This one you sent over with the roses and the ship. It's beautiful. Aren't they amazing? Yeah. So we'll see which one. And like I said, these weren't thrown together. No, I mean it. You know, it probably took weeks, if not months. Oh yeah, there we go. Isn't that incredible with the flowers yeah. and you can see the flag on the ship. Just incredible, and yeah, those—that's one of the corsets just beside it there, so you can see how it would have slipped in to the fabric there, and and nobody, you know, and nobody would have known. That's just such a personal thing, you know. Who who knows that you're, you know, it's almost like wearing a love letter. Yeah. So yes. did they easily slide in and out of yeah. the court? Oh, okay. Yep. They, they there is like, like a, a sleeve. Yeah, like a little holster. sleeve, almost like a little pocket, and they yep. they'd slide in to help keep the shape. And there's just, I don't know, there's something so incredible about that. And who knows, you know, where, where many of these got off to, if they were even saved or if they were lost or, or what happened. Because you can see, I mean, for, you know, a couple hundred years old, they look amazing, beautifully carved. Oh, the this, this stories that are out there. <laughs> I, I, can only, I can only imagine, you know, Sea Captain coming home with one of these. And, and here you go, and then back out to sea he went. Right. Oh, stories. Yeah, wait till you see I, the one I carved for you this time. <laughs> well, and, and the thing of it is, corsets had several pockets, so yeah. you would have several bones in them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what happened to these? At this point, at a point a generation or two later, someone has mm -hmm. to find these, and then they're not something you'd throw away. No, I wouldn't think they were. You wouldn't think? I yeah, mean, they may no. not know what they are 30 or 40 years later. No. But. I mean, it's too much. It's obviously hand done. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. 
Yep, there's there's your there's your portrait right there. It's just incredible. I mean, they look so similar too to just some of the artworks. Again, I always come back to the cemeteries and the gravestones, but the the symbolism of what's on on there, and you know the the swirls, and you can see the date on that one. I think it's what's it 1882 uh, on that one. Yeah, it's, it could be. Yep, yeah, it's right under underneath the the lady there. So you know, this is something you know over 120 years ago. Yeah, and it was carved again halfway around the world. Mm-hmm. Could have been in Portugal. It could have been mm-hmm. who the hell knows where it was. I mean, I I I understand or in the that, middle of nowhere, or more, more likely the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um. I you know I understand the the lore of of Scrimshaw, but you know these this is this just takes it to a whole a whole another level. Look at just the yeah, inter- intricate details. Interpersonal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I. Oh. So this was the only place that I had ever seen them. Um, I, I'd never seen them anywhere else. I mean, even in Portsmouth, I had a second. I'm going to put that other one back up. Kind of yeah. looks like the woman in the figure. Let's <laughs> <laughs> tie it all together. <laughs> I don't know if you'd want her in your corset or not. No, but yeah. <laughs> we'll do a side by side. Maybe you sent the wrong, wrong whalebone to the wrong woman. And... Oh no. <laughs> Hey, so second, that's that the, doesn't look like that's, me at all. That's the story there. That's the story there. Oh, I'm sorry. It's 1842. Yeah. Well, honey, I'm not that great an artist. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Kind of looks like the figurehead, doesn't it? The it, red it, top. Yeah, it kind of does a yeah. little bit look like the figurehead. Wow, it's all coming around, isn't it? <laughs> Lou, you wouldn't notice that. Well, hey, trying to put the pieces together. I, I, you're fine job, doing a fine job there. <laughs> So if you if you've seen anything um, like this, or if you know of any where um, where you are in your neighborhood, I'd be very interested in, in finding out and going to um, to check them out. I haven't been um, down to Mystic for a few years now. So I think was it 2017? I think yeah. We were why down isn't there. there more of this? There must be I hundreds of these around. I would think. Um, I don't know. Or you know maybe they were you know thrown out with the corset as they you know disintegrated over the years. Yeah. But what a just, you know, what a, a labor of, of love. And I don't know, I just love that nobody else has to know that you're carrying it with you. And it's just, you know, it's just in there. You know, it's just tucked in your pocket. A love letter written on a whale <laughs> on a <love> <laughs> from halfway around the world. It, it's not sounding that romantic when you say no, it. Well, well, a love letter written on a whale. Well, it is in a way. Well, it is, but it, it's also and like a, I said, a piece it's of not, art. It's not sit down for 15 minutes before I start drinking and write you a letter. It's like, this, how is it working, this? <laughs> well, of course. And, you know, um, I don't know. Not that they didn't have the time, but still. Well, some, some special ladies out there back in the day, yeah. if, we, if we only knew all their stories. <laughs> well, and, and, and that's the thing. What's yet to be, you know, discovered. They're always, you know, remodeling houses and always finding things. and. Yep. I can only imagine there's probably more out there that we just haven't seen. But if this were that woman, if she were a, a relative of yours, an ancestor of yours, mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be priceless. You'd oh, my God. That yeah. would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I can't even imagine. But just little little things like that. <laughs> if, if only. If only yeah. I could. If I had a relative that would leave me something amazing like that. <laughs> some sort of fantastic, unusual relic. Well, now I'm going to get on Ken to carve you something. Yes, we're going to have to have to get yeah. wake Ken up and get him to, to carve out something. Striped bass bone or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if How it's much whale bone we're going to get around here. But <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> and there are legalities with yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> These days. Yeah. And so what would you say is the most curious artifact that you've seen in a museum? Yeah. Uh. In your in your vast travels to the Moffat Lad House and and other curious places, what's the most unusual or captivating thing that you've seen? I was fascinated. I was wholly fascinated by the whole Pompeii exhibit. Really? I was. Uh, first of all, starting with the petrified people, which sure. is you know kind of you know there's several of them are actual mm-hmm. artifacts from Pompeii, and they recast some of them, of course. But the other thing that struck me about it is the rest of the rest of the display. Mm-hmm is about life in Pompeii mm-hmm. at that time. And they had some artifacts like tools, kitchen tools and things like that, shoes, benches, uh, decorations. And again, it's like you, didn't, you don't realize how far advanced they were. Mm-hmm. They, had this, they had these metal colanders that you know, could have been in Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> and that advanced. Yeah, but you're not thinking someone in ancient Rome, they have a colander where mm-hmm. they're you know, 
pouring the pasta through and, you know, like you did. You, you're not thinking. It's ancient Rome. They didn't right. do stuff like we did. Right. But yeah. somehow they, they had the, the advanced knowledge of yeah. even even in, in watching um, some of the shows. Well, no, I you did. didn't think they had time. You thought they were just trying to survive. Well, that that too. But yeah. didn't they have, if I remember correctly, I'm watching um, – one of like the history channel pieces like they had a whole like water system that filtered clean yeah. water and everything it so, houses with heat yeah they worked out a heating system it's incredible yeah it's really incredible and how, how ingenious they were and that gets me always to the discussion about humanity that i find fascinating mm. is that on different parts of the planet how things developed the timeline isn't linear mm-hmm. you know it, again i go back to the american indian didn't have the wheel true and the egyptians were building pyramids you know, lining up with stars, and the Greeks had all this astronomy done, and, you know, different civilizations had different capabilities. It's just fascinating the way it all developed, and it's not in a linear timeline. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like some parts of civilization and different parts of the world were very advanced, and again, the American Indian didn't have the wheel, you but, know. But somehow they managed to, to yeah. get through and do what they had to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it, it would have been such an amazing time to be alive, to you know, to, to be— you know that isolated in your community, and to, to see yeah. you know where where things were going, and then to have someone come from, you know, again I go back to the ships, have someone step off a ship with things that you never even seen or never even heard about. I mean, because now we know we know so much, there's so much yeah. information overload. Yeah, think about that. Once man started to wander, once they right. were crossing oceans, the ship ferries, and, and you're in Portsmouth, you know this, and mm-hmm. new reports the same way. These port towns, they're just going away to faraway places, mm-hmm. and God knows what they come back. Right. With. You know, stuff that you have no awareness of because it's just not in your world. Mm-mm, mm-mm. But, but they want to, hey, look what I found. Well, even just thinking about, you know, over in China, the, the textiles and the fabrics. And I have uh, several ghost stories, um, you know, from uh, New Hampshire and Maine where fabrics actually equate in the story. I mean, the story of Ocean Born Mary. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, where you hear, you know, Don Pedro had this ship of, you know, silks and satins from China and, you know, agree that she was going to be, you know, dressed in this beautiful gown. Yeah. And in the museum in Henniker, they have a piece of that fabric from China really? from the story that, you know, gives the story some legs. But how just things like that figure into it where, you know, today who's, you know, who's going to hang on to a piece of fabric from China now nowadays? And think think about it. That piece of ch- that fabric from China came back. The person who brought it back did a did a sailing to China mm-hmm, to get it at a time when that was life threatening. Mm-hmm. You know, God knows what the hell was going to happen. Right, what they were going to meet out at sea and brought it back. I mean, today you want some fabric from China, you order it on Amazon, you get it tomorrow. <laughs> it's true, but, but back then the it same. wasn't that way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a, a beautiful piece of green silk, yeah. which, you know... I'm, and when we go away down, we, bring, we send back a T-shirt or something. But <laughs> All I got was this lousy T-shirt. Yeah, but, you know, think of what a, a meaningful gift that was. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the sailor goes away for a year mm-hmm. and comes back with some Chinese cloth mm-hmm. and a story. And a story. Yeah. Well, and, and that, I think that's, I think when I talk about the time that, you know, I I would want to be alive is to see these discoveries, and you know, I'd want to be there down on the docks to see what they were taking off of the ships, yeah, and and what was coming from all want, around the world. I myself want indoor plumbing, but well, <laughs> more well, than I want, well, no. more than I want that. But yeah, well, yeah I see the point. But no, I, I yeah. mean, obviously, you you would want you know some of the the modern amenities that we have today, right? But just you know, when I'm I'm down in Portsmouth waterfront, and you know, again, I, I'm just completely geeking out here. But just to imagine the ships coming in from from all the you know from from France, from China, from all these different places. When I've you know done my research and looked at days of ships logs and where these ships came from, yeah. and who the captain was, and how many days out to sea they were, and then registering all of these goods and having not seen anything like this before. Must have been a thing just to be down on the docks and watch these ships unload. Well, we've got. I mean the. There's a story at the Pit Tavern. We talk about the Pit Tavern all the time because it's so amazing that for um, six days out of seven, on tour of the Northeast being carried by a ship was a 500-pound African lion. And it was being kept in the basement of the tavern so you could go and see it. Yeah. It's in town. we got to put it somewhere. But you, you, yeah. can you imagine that coming off of the ship in, you know, in the early 1800s? No. And they're bringing, bringing this lion through the streets of Portsmouth, and then they're bringing it down into the basement of a tavern for entertainment value. That's a big-ass cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and the story, and it's, it's not quite the same, but still it fascinates me. When I read the story on the New Report Waterfront, mm. there's a plaque up there, and what they talked about was that— uh, 
it was a big port town and it was a big shipping town. They mm -hmm. built ships. They went all the way around the world. And when they would come back, they'd deliver stuff. When they'd come back for ballast, they'd bring bricks. Right. And the bricks are what built the buildings. Mm -hmm. the, the buildings that you're looking at that are still downtown, probably the same thing in Portsmouth, mm -hmm. came from ballast bricks That's from right. God knows where mm -hmm. around the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a simple little thing. It was very practical to them. Mm -hmm. It wasn't magical or anything, but mm -hmm. you look at it and go, oh, my God. Yeah, and, and those, just, bricks, those bricks have a history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we have um, on the beach in Newcastle, they used to dump all the British shale that was used as ballast in the ship. So it still washes up oh, yeah. on the beach, all yeah. the shale. Can you imagine? Yeah. And, and gravestones. And we've talked about that before. Gravestones from England were shipped over blank as ballast in the ships. And then they went down to Boston and they were carved and then made their way yes, to yes. whatever cemetery. That's very practical. It, it is very practical. Yeah. And we have um, certain gravestones in Portsmouth that you can tell by the color and the texture of the stone that it actually came from England. So, uh -huh. you, and obviously, the, the date, the date range has to be right. But you can tell, you know, that came over as a ballast in a ship yeah. and now it's a gravestone for somebody. Well, they were set up to have the gravestones. I mean, around here, they're, again, they were probably doing other things, mm -hmm. just staying alive. Right. Rather than setting up a factory for gravestones. Right. And it served the purpose of ballast. And mm -hmm. Makes all kinds of sense. Mm -hmm. all, all the but cool back stuff. then, it was entirely, you know, it's just totally mystical. Right. I mean, it had that. Uh, again, it's world traveling. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that far from you know Columbus bringing stuff back. No, not at all. Yeah, and and I think you know when I'm looking at you know the gravestone that I'm thinking of right now is from 1682, which is you know how how long was it on you know on that ship making its way yeah. from England? You know, it could be who knows the stone could have been hanging around since the 1650s. We don't know how really old that is. Right. But it has its, you know, it has its own story, and now here it is, 350 years later. It's still there. You can walk right up to it and touch it in the probably graveyard. In a pile somewhere in England, right? Probably the second-rate gravestones. Mm -hmm. it's like, here, take these for ballast. <laughs> yeah, it just got on those today. I moved this one in a hundred years. My grandfather couldn't sell this one. Take that. But it's just, it's just fascinating. It, it is. It's, it's amazing. And I, I think again, you know, that's. That's where I would want to be is just seeing, you know, what's what's coming in from around the world. Because how else yeah. how else would you really know? And at that time period, there were people who didn't know travel at all. Right. Didn't know outside of their village. No. No. You know, and we've got, you know, Americans and French and the English traveling around the world. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, going getting spices. And, and many other things. Yeah. And many other things. Yeah. And, and bringing back, I mean, and not not to mention, you know, Porsche's privateering history, which was huge yeah. back in the day, and just bringing back a, a whole ship and then selling it off and then selling the ship mm. itself. I like all artifacts. You're talking about artifacts, and mm. we've talked about this before. Having the history in front of you, or if you're lucky enough to be able to hold it in your hand, mm -hmm. it's just a different feeling than just hearing, hearing the story. You know? mm -hmm. And again, like with the Pompeigs in the column, it seems like a small thing. I understand that, but it's like they were so far. Um, it was just more than I gave them credit for. Mm -hmm. And you get the, again, you get these benches that were in houses, and it's like, again, it's a piece of art. They, mm -hmm. were, they were well beyond just surviving. Mm -hmm. they, you know, they were living. Heated houses, they had fair, they were talking about fairs, and, you know, it's just, yeah, you know, who, dinner yeah. settings and some, some, you don't think of ancient Rome that way. No. And, and somehow for, for all, all of those advancements here, you have an entire society that was wiped out. Yeah. I mean, some, who knows what they could have accomplished if they had continued. Yeah. Which, you know, that's, that's kind of, to me, the, the, the bigger question of, you know, if that hadn't happened. Well, the Mayans were. Well, well, and that's true too. Mayans were a fairly advanced society. That got wiped out. Yeah, I've I've always kind of shied away from from the Mayans. I think it's because of all the bloodletting. Well, freaky. Yeah, yeah, it, that kind of freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, and there's, then there's that dichotomy of quote unquote advancement. Right. You have this capability, right. but you're still, you know, barbaric, playing soccer with heads. <laughs> <laughs> that type of thing. Yeah. For lack of a better term. No, but, yeah, yeah. barbaric is a good term. <laughs> there was this intelligence and yet this barbarism right. about them, which seems uh, uh, seems a dichotomy. It does. You would think as you get smarter, as you learn more, you'd be less violent. Mm. But by the same token, survival. Right. Because you know, there were people coming out the woods after them, probably. Mm -hmm. Oh, without a doubt. The whole, you know, the whole time. Without a doubt. 
Well, looks like wow, we've we've burned a, another show away. No, <laughs> no, no pun intended. Yeah, and we've survived. And we've survived. The show survived the uh, figurehead. <laughs> it did yeah. somehow. So you can find us at NewlandCuriosities.com. Of course, we're on Facebook. On Saturday, um, I'll be having an open house at the Divinity Lounge. So if you want to come by and support small business, you can do that. And that event's actually set up on our page. And, of course, as you're carving your Thanksgiving turkey, who knows what mysterious stories we'll come back with next week. There are tour seats left, I would imagine. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. Our holiday trolley tour starts on Sunday, and I think we're... We probably have just a handful of tickets left uh, for the season. New England Curiosities right now. New England Curiosities right now. Yeah. Go and do it. And have a great Thanksgiving, and we will chat with you next week. Stay with your curious.